Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. I'm so grateful, so honored to just have a moment on a Thursday morning because uh, this this is rare, like Pastor Adrian was just saying. It's rare and I, I never ever want to walk into this room on a Thursday and feel like it's normal. And I never want to take for granted the space that we have and the opportunity we have on a Thursday to start with worship and to start with prayer and to have a moment together as a church family, as a serve team to to get into God's word and to talk, you know, just to absorb what he wants for our church right now. And I love that Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess have set this time aside intentionally. And so just a little from my, like just something that I want to remind my heart all the time. This is not normal. And so let's not treat it casually. Um, let's not treat it, you know, as something that we just, you know, I get to go to do that. I get to go to that. No, 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 no. Like we, we have the honor of being in a room like this and to absorb what, what uh, God wants us to share. So I'm thankful to Pastor Ben and Jess for letting me share this morning. But um, something I love about our church, there's many things, but my, one of my favorite things about our culture is that we're really intentional with it. Uh, Pastor Ben says all the time um, that culture will happen whether you build it intentionally or not. And so as a church, we choose to be really intentional about the culture we have here at New Heart um, within our serve teams, within our church family. It just, it's something that we want to go through the life of our entire church everywhere we go. Um, and so we have these things that we run on as a church. Um, and so today I want to talk about one of those. It's we see the answer in every problem. We see the answer in every problem. Um, and uh, I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for every single person in this room. Thank you for their families. God, thank you for this, the places they're about to go after this meeting. Uh, everybody listening to our podcast, God, I'm just so grateful for what you're doing in their life in this exact moment. No matter what it looks like, you are working. And so we just want to praise you for it right now and say thank you and amen. God, we trust you. And so, Lord, I just pray in this moment right now, God, we want to hear from heaven. We don't want this to be normal. God, so as we read your word, Father, this morning, we just ask that you would just put it in a new place in our heart um, and that we would take great care of it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I want to read a story from Matthew chapter 14, um, and it's Jesus Feeds the 5,000, which that incredible song we listened to uh, talked about it. So powerful. Um, Starting in verse 13 of chapter 14, it says, As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Jesus said, bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So they fed over 5,000 people in this story, which is just so powerful. Uh, when I think about we see the answer in every problem, this, this story in the Bible, I think, is a great picture of what that actually looks like. Um, and when we live in a culture <laughs> where it's very popular to point out problems, we live in a culture where it's, it's not actually very hard to look around and just see problems being shouted from the rooftops. You know, we live in a culture 
where that's the thing that people want to talk about is the problem. People want to, that's exactly what. But, you know, for us here in our environment and in our church, we don't see problems. We see opportunity. Um, and we highlight opportunity. The world might see all hope is lost, but what we see is that we know the hope of the world. The world might say there's no way, but we see we know the way. As a church, we don't, you know, the world might say there's no way that actually anything could get any better. We see the best is yet to come. As a church, our posture and our heart and our stance, I'm going to move this table just a little bit, is different. We see opportunity. We see answers. Uh, so the few things that come to my mind when I think about seeing the answer in every problem for us as leaders, for us as humans, as people who are trusting God with our lives, the first thing I think about is that exactly. We see opportunities instead of problems. Where others see problems, we see an opportunity. And I love this story in the Bible because the disciples are like, highlighting the problem, you know, like, hey, it's getting late, we're in a remote place, you've got to send them away. And Jesus is like, mm, no, you are, the actual, you are the answer. You feed them. The disciples were seeing what they didn't have, but what they didn't realize is that all they had was all they needed. And when I read this story, I was thinking again, I wonder if part of Jesus was just a little bit like, are you kidding me? Like, don't you know who I am by now? You know, like I, I, miracle, I can do a miracle like that. Don't you know who I am by now? <laughs> like, I wonder if part of him was thinking that when the disciples are like, hey, there's no way, like you got to send them away. All we have is this. And Jesus is like, no, you feed them. I think what it reminded me of is how often when we see a problem, do we think, yeah, there's no way I could help. You know, how often when we see a problem, do we maybe, instead of thinking about, mm, I, could, I could maybe have a solution here, do we walk away and maybe just gossip about the problem? And not realize that you might be the one who holds the keys to a solution. I wonder. I wonder how many times we do that. And so when I read that story today, I realized, like, man, we cannot count ourselves out. We need to count ourselves in. We need to be all in. When you're on a team... Like, let's just pretend for a second we're on a basketball team. We go to basketball practice. It was a rough practice. It was, it was, nothing was really going right. The plays aren't working well. The drills aren't going great. You don't leave that practice and say, man, they should really do something about it. You leave that practice and you're thinking, okay, that didn't go so great. I, I need to come ready tomorrow. I need to come ready to work harder tomorrow. I need to come ready to hit the shot tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to be the chief encourager in that room. Tomorrow, when I get into the room, I'm going to step onto that court like it's the last time I'm going to play. And I'm going to give it all I've got. And I'm going to do everything I can to help my team win. That's the difference between, between being all in and then putting on a different jersey. In our church, we wear the same jersey. We're on the same team. So when we want to step onto the court, we're going there together. And so if there's a problem, yo, if there's a problem, I'm going to solve it. Like vanilla ice. Like when we see a problem, we're going we're gonna to talk about solutions. We're going to talk about answers. I just wonder how much time we might save. You know, like <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking about it. And I, I, I'm looking around. I, I, I've been so guilty of this. And I don't want to play that way anymore. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the truth, the true, I mean, this is a statement I think we've all heard before, but what you look for, you're going to find. 
And when I think about seeing the answer in every problem, I really feel like this is a lens issue. It's a heart issue. We have to retrain our hearts. we got to retrain our lens to see answers, not just problems. They found two loaves. They had, they had five loaves and two fish. That's all they had. But it fed over 5,000 people. So what is a better use of our time? And I think, I think that seeps into every area of our life. I mean, think about if you're married, think about marriage. What's a better use of our time? If something's not going right, if we're arguing, is it, is it a better use of our time just to sit there and stay angry? Or is it a better use of our time to fight for a solution and to find some common ground? Think about the company you own. Is it a better use of your time to just sit there and think about everything that's not really running on and firing on all cylinders? Or is it a better use of our time to start looking for answers and taking notes and having conversations and figuring out the ways to unlock the potential in your company? I think looking for answers is a lot better use of our time. And when I think about that story in the Bible, I'm reminded again and again and again, we serve a God who sees abundance. We serve a God who holds the keys to the universe. We serve a God who wants to see the best happen. He has his best in mind for every single one of us. And so if we can lean on the fact that we serve a God who knows no boundaries and trust him with everything that we have, I think we're going to find answers a lot quicker. We're going to find solutions. God is so creative and he is so faithful. So many times, you know, when, when we're, fa- like, I've, I felt this way when you're looking at a problem or a situation in life and you feel like, man, this is a mess. Like, it's all kinds of tangled. You know, if you just picture, like, a whiteboard with, like, a crazy brain map on it with, like, all these strings just all over the place. God doesn't see that mess. God sees from point A to point B as clear as can be. And when I remember that, that helps me focus my attention in the right place. I'm not going to focus on the problem. Yes, there's a problem. We can't ignore that, okay? So that's not what we're saying either. It's okay to know that there's some issues, but let's talk about a solution. Let's go from, hey, this isn't working quite right. What can we do to fix it? What do I need to adjust? How can I help? What can we do together to see this unlock? I believe that this is who God has called us to be as well. I believe that this is what it looks like to be a light in the world. I believe that especially now, I think it's been true forever, but I believe that especially now, what would it look like in our city as our church continues to rise up as one team that's unified in the name, under the name of Jesus Christ, where we're looking for answers, we're looking for solutions, we're not pointing out what's wrong, we're not highlighting the problems, but we're talking about the hope of the world. We're talking about unity and we're talking about what God sees and we're talking about how the best is yet to come. I wonder how much that's gonna impact our city. That's the kind of thing that gets me fired up. I don't want to go jump into a conversation where we're all just talking about what's wrong all the time. I'm, I'm trying to go beyond the team that's talking about, hey, here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to take hold of this. Here's what we believe. Here's what we see. That's the kind of thing that's contagious. That's the kind of thing that's inspiring. And that's who we are as a church. I love how Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess lead us in this way. Just like Pastor Jess was saying with that story this morning, if, if all of this was for the one moment, It's worth it. That is our heart's posture. And so when I'm thinking about, um, we see seeing the answer in every problem and and, uh, this being a huge piece of our church culture and I'm I'm looking around at this room, every single person in here is a phenomenal leader. If you didn't know that, 
um, I want to say it again, you are an incredible leader. Um, and not just that, I believe that God has called you to this place for this time, for this moment. I believe what God is orchestrating right here in our church is once in a lifetime. I believe that we have once-in-a-lifetime pastors. I believe that we have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to actually see heaven touch earth. And when I look around this room, I see once-in-a-lifetime leaders that God is strategically bringing into our environment. And I am just in awe of the opportunity we have to be a solution together. I am in awe of that. That just fires me right up. And so um, seeing the answer in every problem as a team, I believe, is something that's going to help push us forward. Um, not just in our personal lives, but together as a team, it's going to push us forward. You know, the Bible talks about it, ask, seek, knock. <laughs> ask, seek, knock. When we position ourselves in this way, where we can say, whatever we need to do, we're ready. You know, what, whatever needs to happen, I'm ready. Whatever, whatever we need to do, oh, I'm ready. You know, uh, it's not a matter of, I'm not so sure, or this or that. Like, no, let's just go all in, and let's, let's work it out, absolutely. But if we're all in, and we're all heading in the same direction with strength and unity, trusting Jesus with every single thing that we have, being on mission to make every story matter, looking for answers instead of problems, and doing that together, that is powerful, right? That's a powerful thing that we can be a part of together. Um, and... Something that I actually just wrote down while we were praying this morning is, and I was thinking about this, this little piece of our culture, uh, we don't need anything before we need Jesus. He is our answer. So if we're talking about seeing the answer in every problem, we don't need anything before we need Jesus. We don't need anything before we need Jesus. We might all have a little bit of a different strategy when it comes to defense, but when we're talking about offense, our number one offense is Jesus. Our number one offense is getting into God's word. Our number one offense in unity and in strength is asking God, God, we see what you're doing. We want to be about that. So wherever you are is where we're going, and we want you to go first, and we know you're coming after us, so God, we're ready. Together, we want to lean into what God is doing. I want to pray for us as a team, but um, I think it's a, when I think about when I first came here, um, when I first moved here from Colorado and, and came, Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess opened, I mean, I had nowhere to go. I mean, I, my family's incredible, but I wasn't in school. I didn't have an opportunity to finish college, um, and I truly believe that's actually not what God had for me in that season, but when I had a friend, I was living in Colorado, I had a friend who kept telling me, hey, I think you're actually supposed to be at this church. And I thought she was crazy. Um, and I pushed it away. Eventually I started realizing that I was out of place where I was. You know that feeling? Like, I just, this, this, isn't, this isn't right. You know, I, I, need, I need something new. And I got in touch with Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess. And uh, their, their words to me on the phone were like, yeah, as soon as you can come home, there's a place for you. And at 20 years old, I remember as soon as they said that phrase that it was hard for me to not cry on the phone. And I didn't know them. I'd never seen them in person. So I was like, Chris, I'll hold it together. They're going to think you're crazy if you start sobbing. Um, but I remember I got off the phone and I, I, I was just instantly like, wow, I have a home. These people don't know me, but I have a home. Like I have something I can go connect to and it's got purpose behind it. Like this is what I need. And so I put in my two weeks in Colorado and I moved here and I walked through the doors. And I... Um, you know, I, I relate that time in my life a little bit like sleepwalking. 
It's like you're confidently going, but you're not quite fully awake yet. You don't know what God's up to yet. (laughs) If I could go back and talk to 20-year-old Carissa, what I would tell her is you have no idea what God's about to do in your life. Be confident. Trust me. Listen to God's voice. Soak in every word and don't take any moment for granted. Listen to the leaders that God has trusted you to follow. Because when I go back to 20-year-old me, I was there. I was soaking it all in. I, when Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess started pouring in culture and vision, it was just like I couldn't get enough of it. But I even remember in those moments thinking, like, I'm not so sure what's next. You know, little 20-year-old me just kind of like, eh, yeah, no, 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 no. It didn't take long for that to change, though. And I'm so thankful it did because what was coming was I met my husband here. I, I stepped into my calling and my future here. God started unlocking potential in my life that I didn't actually know I had, but I had pastors and leaders that were saying, no, you actually are, you are called to this. I didn't think this was possible because the version of myself that I saw was way less. The version of myself that I saw was normal everyday girl. And I had leaders who were like, uh-uh, no, you've got potential, you've got a calling, and you've got a future, and so I don't want you to forget that. And so God unlocked something in me by planting myself in a place and choosing not to, not to leave. And I remember when Randall and I started dating and then when we moved to getting engaged and and we both were um, in a season where we were, I remember vividly we were looking at each other and we were like, leaving is not an option. Yeah. And we resolved in our hearts right then that we're going to be immovable. Yeah. Wow. Because we believe God has called us to be a part of something. And no matter what we see right now, God, God's word is final. Yeah. So we're going to be immovable. Mm-hmm. If, there's a, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, we're not running away. We're running to it. And I think about that, you know, eight years ago, Pastor Jess, and I just honestly, like, it's, it's overwhelming. I just can't stop saying things. But. That can't stop with me. And I'm, I'm looking at this room, and this is just like a little bit of a family moment here, but I just think, who's behind you? Because there's another person behind you who needs to be brought into this, and maybe, maybe they just need an invitation. Maybe they just need to know that there's a home waiting for them, too. Maybe they just need to know that they're actually more valuable than they think that they are. Maybe they just need to know that, hey, look, there is an answer for the problem you're feeling, and you might not be able to name it right now, but I can. And so I just need you to come, and I need you to stay. And, and I'm wondering if every single one of us were a bridge for someone else, what would happen? I think we would see an incredible amount of an overflow of stories, an overflow of just, man, miracles, blessings. Lives being changed. I don't want to forget that because what Pastor Ben has been preaching the last few Sundays, ooh, it's waking me up. It's waking me up. What happened to me has to happen through me. And I'm not going to sleep on it anymore. And so as a team, I just want to encourage us again, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep, don't sleep on it. If you're, if you're not sure where to begin, I'd love to talk to you about it. Because there's someone in your world right now who's waiting for you. I believe that with all of my heart. So I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you so much for this church. Man, God, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, God, that you're not done. Thank you, God, that you use people like us, imperfect. God, but you choose to see, you see us and use us and you love us just the same and you call us higher. 
But God, I just pray right now in this moment that you would wake us up again to realize that what has happened to us has to happen through us. And so give us a new vision, a new perspective, a new clarity. Give us a new understanding. Remind us again of the moment you changed our lives. We're not too saved. We don't want to forget. So God, help us remember our salvation again and set a fire within us to be about others. God, I pray, Jesus, that right now in this moment that nothing would be the same again, that we wouldn't see our world the same again, that whenever we move into a, whenever we go to work, whenever we're at the store, wherever we're at, God, we want to see with eyes of heaven. God, use us. We want to be used. We're desperate. We're available. We're ready. So, God, I just pray right now that your will would be done. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.